Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Huzefa, and today we're talking about athletics. I just wrote an article on a topic called Academics and Athletics, a Confluence of Positivity. So we're going to be talking about how athletics, in particular, can have awesome, amazing effects on academic performance, how it can boost self-esteem and do basically have a lot of great positive Effects, And this is stuff that I talk about in my article. I'm going to also be reading excerpts from my article. But we're also going to extend the topic a little bit because I want to talk about uh, one potential pitfall with athletics, and that is forcing kids to participate in athletics when they really – when they don't really want to and, moreover, when they don't feel productive. It it can, in some cases, become – become something that that can create self-esteem issues. So you want to be careful. While I think it's great to encourage athletic participation, I don't think it's a good idea if it's being forced upon somebody that really has no interest in it, it doesn't make them feel good about themselves. And I think that part of this is finding the right sport. It could be ping pong, it could be tennis, it could be basketball. It just depends on your child's particular desires and and things that he likes, particular proclivities. So keep all that in mind. And I would say be flexible when when you're allowing your kids to explore different athletic activities. So we're going to start first by going through my article and really explaining precisely why athletics can be so great. All right, so I'm going to begin reading an excerpt here. During primary school and beyond, students often gravitate towards others who share similar passions and interests. While finding individuals with shared passions is a terrific way to form strong friendships, there seems to be an assumed bifurcation that forms arbitrary lines based on the love of sports. Those with athletic proclivities seem to join together while academically centered children form their own social circles. It seems so black and white, as if you must choose one or the other, but that is simply not the case. There is no reason why a straight-A student cannot be a dedicated and successful athlete. It is absolutely possible to excel at both sports and academics, and attempting to do so will bring students great balance and mental focus. So the reason why I started this article in this way is because, of course, there's stereotypes and I'm sure you're familiar with them, that, hey, this person is an athlete or this person is an academic guy. We sort of naturally say it's one or the other. And I think we assume that it's – that, or sort of think that it's okay if, hey, he's super athletic and not too into school and that's fine, that's normal, that's natural, or vice versa. Yeah, he just loves school but obviously doesn't really like sports. Well, why does that have to be something that's obvious? And I think in many cases – Part of the reason why we see kids who really like sports push away from school or vice versa is because of this sort of nonsensical 
belief in society that it's one or the other. All right, so now I'm going to continue reading. And this next section is called The Pervasive Benefits of Athletics. So I'm going to talk about all of the the awesome things that you get from participating in sports. Just to give you a quick anecdote of my own life, now I'll tell you, me personally, there's one sport really that I've always loved, always, always just loved to death. And I wasn't able to do it in high school because we didn't have a high school team for the sport, is tennis. And I've recently gotten back into it and just love it so much. It's it's so much fun. It's such a source of positivity in my life. But what I did do when I was a kid, not because my parents forced me, but because it was more, I think, uh, out of social pressure, just wanted to do things with my friends. What I did participate in, and I don't know if it was so great for me, was basketball. And as much as I enjoyed basketball as a younger kid, as I got older in high school, I was so skinny and so much smaller than all the other kids in in high school that it it just made competing so difficult, so tough. Um, I don't think I was particularly great with respect to my, the rest of my classmates. I always felt like my ball handling skills were pretty good, but I guess for a number of different reasons, I just wasn't able to compete at the same level. And I know that that didn't always feel very good, but I kept doing it and I kept participating until my senior year, I decided not to. I'm really glad I did that, but it was hard. And it was, again, because of social pressure. So my senior year, I didn't do it. Instead, I ran all winter to get ready for the track season of my senior year, which which was great because when track season began, I was in awesome running shape, like really, really solid running shape. And that was the year that we finally went to States for our two-mile relay, and it was great. So anyways, that's just my personal story, and that's why I want to add on the, the second part after we get through all the great positive benefits, that's why I want to talk about how it can be a negative thing if it's forced and if it's not something where it actually makes somebody feel good, but it actually hurts their self-esteem. Like, oh my gosh, I'm just not good at this. I keep having to do it. it can just make you feel worse and worse and worse. All right, here we go. First and foremost, playing sports in school helps students deal with the stresses of the school day. After a long day, it is difficult for a child to immediately jump into homework. As a result, many students will try and relax temporarily by playing video games or watching television. While these many mental vacations provide some much-needed downtime, they are not the healthiest options when done on a regular basis. Sports, on the other hand, provide students with a positive way to refresh their minds from the long school day in a manner that is healthy and enjoyable. Physical activity does not only bolster cardiovascular health, but it can drop cortisol levels, reducing feelings of stress and anxiety. Furthermore, students can learn valuable life skills from sports, such as time management, mental fortitude, discipline, dedication, and camaraderie. Another educational element of sports is learning how to lose. This is so important. No one can win all the time, no matter how skilled or athletic a person is. Accordingly, athletes must quickly get used to the fact that losing is part and parcel of the process. When framed the right way, students can recognize that failure is in fact something positive. For example, if a basketball player ends up turning the ball over a number of times during a game, he knows precisely what he needs to work on in practice, dribbling fundamentals. A game time failure in this area shines light on a deficiency and shows precisely what needs to be remedied. There is no amount of self-analysis and introspection that can equate the amount of value that can be gleaned from a real-time failure. And I just want to say failure is, it's, it's not even a, a great word. I don't even like to use it personally because it has so many negative connotations. But let's say 
something doesn't go right, however you, however you want to call it. But in these cases where you can see a deficiency in real time and not let that affect your self-worth, your self-concept, it's just perfect. It's the same thing as if you're trying to run a business and you get clients reacting or potential customers, or YouTube viewers reacting negatively to something that you're creating. While that may not always feel great, if you can really just sort of detach your emotions from that reaction and the result and instead use it as a learning lesson, as a guiding post for what needs to be remedied and improved, it's so powerful. It's just it's just 100% the way to go. Otherwise, everything else is theoretical. You can sort of look at your ability and your skills and say, well, it might be better if I work on this or that or the other. But instead, when you have real awesome hard data from a game time situation, it's so much more effective. So I think this is great because you're never going to win all the time. There's always something's going to go wrong in sports. There's always something you can work on. Even if you're playing tennis and you, you win all your matches in a tournament, you're still going to see so many instances of mini quote-unquote failures, times where you hit the ball into the net, times where you don't hit a perfect lob, et cetera, et cetera. And, and in these little areas, you can say like, okay, well, I'm going to put a reminder in. That's what I want to work on next time. And for me right now, for example, in tennis, what I'm working on is my accuracy is basically trying to get, and it's been working really well. I've got a great teacher. I've been basically reducing my speed and slowing my stroke down so that I can really get a good amount of accuracy with both my ground strokes, forehand and backhand. And, and it's terrific. So all, all that comes from is my mistakes that I've been making in competitive play and just being honest with myself and recognizing where the deficiencies are. Okay, so now I'm going to get back to reading some more excerpts. The same type of learning lessons are ripe for the plucking in the academic arena. Whenever a student does poorly on an assignment or test, it is a golden opportunity to grow. I regularly see students bemoan a poor performance, considering it an indication of their inadequacy. Instead, it is simply a sign showing what needs to be strengthened. Students can work out their brains and habits the same way an athlete can ameliorate certain athletic abilities through practice. When a student makes a mistake, he can critique his study habits and try to see what needs improvement. So again, this is the same idea. If you, if you have these failures in sports and you're able to analyze and correct Hopefully, you can apply that same mentality to, to academics. You don't have to look at a poor test result with anguish and say, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just not smart, which is, which is ridiculous. Instead, you say, well, again, this is an area that needs improvement. How can I do that? You start realizing that they're one in the same. They are, it's just a quest for improvement, self-betterment, etc. Sports also teaches athletes how to deal with disappointment despite excellent preparation. In swimming, for example, a hundredth of a second can determine whether or not a swimmer qualifies for state-level competition. At the regionals meet, there are many swimmers who come extremely close to qualifying, but end up falling short because of a tiny fragment of time. These swimmers recognize that they are excellent athletes with amazing track records despite losing a race. While this type of an outcome may be hard to swallow, it forces students to disconnect a poor performance from their self-concept. Translation, failure at something does not change the way they view themselves. They learn to appreciate the process of preparation. So again, this idea has great relevance once more, sort of a similar concept, but has great relevance for students with their schoolwork. You separate it. You don't let a single poor performance or even a string of poor performances shake your core foundation or the way you view yourself. It's just, it is what it is, and it's a guiding post, once again, 
for improvement. Finally, one of the best and most obvious learning lessons that regular participation in sports provides is how to balance a packed schedule. When students have an academically challenging course load and a heavy practice schedule, there's little time that can be wasted. Students must carefully evaluate their daily schedules and find a way to accommodate both athletics and academics. Interestingly enough, it seems students with extremely busy schedules end up studying more and doing better in school than their counterparts. According to Angela Lumpkin, a professor of health, sports, and exercise sciences at the University of Kansas, the lessons learned in athletics combined with the knowledge that they must do well in school to participate improve students' persistence and chances for success. I think this is another really interesting point is that when you have a bit of a tighter schedule, I saw this in high school, I see this with kids now, it's sort of a counterintuitive principle, but when your time is becomes more and more and more sparse, you have to learn how to be really efficient and manage everything really well. I mean, the similar thing happened, of course, it, it happened to me in high school because I, I constantly participated in sports and other extracurriculars. Uh, the same thing happened to me in college too when I remember I took a really heavy workload and I remember that was my best semester as far as grades where I had a ridiculous amount. I think I was taking six different classes and these are engineering classes, computer science classes that were quite difficult. But I just knew, I was like, okay, well, I guess this semester I'm going to have to, it's going to have to be different than my other semesters as far as the amount of work I, I'm going to do. And and it's just like you, you get in a different mindset and your performance generally anyways soars. You do better than you did had you had more time. It's again, it seems a bit counterintuitive. I see the same thing now in my life as an adult. As my schedule gets busier and busier and I have more things on my table and more things to get done each day, it, it actually increases my efficiency and productivity and quality of output. So I think this is another great thing to keep in mind if you're, if you're considering enrolling your kids in different extracurricular or athletic activities. All right, the last section is titled, Is There an Optimal Sport? Parents often want to know the best sport to cultivate good habits, social skills, and social skills and strong time management abilities so that they can encourage their children accordingly. To me, however, directing a, child's, a child towards a pre-selected sport is the wrong approach. I believe that sports, like most endeavors in life, should be pursued out of love. Sports are meant to be fun, and if athletic participation is born out of obligation, then a child will be unable to develop intrinsic motivation. This will likely diminish any chances of long-term athletic commitment, making the entire endeavor less fruitful. Whether a child wants to play golf, tennis, basketball, badminton, or ping pong, I encourage parents to simply be supportive. As my favorite saying goes, follow your bliss. And I truly believe that. I think that, like I said, you know, even I mentioned ping pong and I mentioned it intentionally because I know it seems almost a little bit silly to, to, to some parents maybe to have their kids get involved with ping pong. But I mean, Hey, if that's what they like, that's what they enjoy. That's what they're good at. That's fine. In fact, I do notice even myself when playing ping pong, I, I, I can get winded. It can, it can be pretty exhausting if you're having an intense match. Golf is great too. It's not as intensive from a cardiovascular standpoint, but it's a great game of precision and even uh, problem solving strategy, etc. So I think all that stuff is fantastic. All right, now I want to talk a little bit about what can happen if your kids are potentially pushed into playing sports. 
And because I know that for me, again, it wasn't my parents that pushed me into it. That wasn't the issue. It was almost a, a social pressure. I mean, it was really me, myself, that did it. And it actually didn't make me feel great like the way tennis does or even running does because I wasn't really excelling. So I want to read from an article. It's entitled, it's on livestrong.com. It's entitled Negative Effects of Parents That Push Their Children Into Playing Sports. I think it's a great article. And I'll post the link, of course, in the show notes if you want to read it yourself. Dreams of multi-million dollar contracts, Olympic glory, and college scholarships have many parents pushing their children harder than ever to play sports. Kids are being entered into sports leagues at younger ages. Some are forced to participate year-round in the hopes of creating the next superstar. Involving your children in sports has many positive benefits. However, pushing children into playing sports can negatively impact their emotional development and damage the parent-child bond. All right, so now this next one is self-esteem issues. Parents generally are the worst judges of the child's ability. The emotional investment clouds judgment and blinds parents from seeing that their child may not be gifted in sports. Instead of identifying this lack of ability, some parents push harder and end up pushing the child too far. When children lack ability but are forced to compete, they are placed in humiliating situations where they continually fail. Instead of cultivating healthy self-esteem from sport participation, the repeated embarrassment can cause the child to become stressed, anxious, withdrawn, and depressed. The child also may develop a negative sense of self due to the poor performances instead of looking to character traits, actions, and other abilities to build healthy self-esteem. And I think I I just want to make a point. I mean, they, they talk about athletic ability. I don't know if I necessarily agree from the standpoint of you have to be gifted or you're not, you know, if you're only if you're gifted, you can participate. I wouldn't put it so black and white. What I would say to modify that statement is if the child has a real love and a desire to practice and to participate, because that will carry you farther than just a sort of a natural affinity, I think. So if that is there and they really love it and enjoy it and can't get enough of it and want to learn, learn, learn. I think that's the key piece that they need to have. If they don't have that, I recommend, hey, try something else. Try a different sport. Try something that there's got to be. I just have to believe there has to be something out there for everyone in terms of uh, an activity that is somewhat physically engaging that you can enjoy and eventually love. All right. Burnout and developing interest. So this is the next uh, paragraph. Pushing a child to participate in a sport increases the likelihood that the child will develop sports-related burnout. Rather than advancing in overall development, forced participation can inhibit the child from enjoying the activity, decrease the desire to succeed at it, and increase the risk of injury. The child may begin to view sports negatively and lose interest in competing altogether. The negative connotation may cause the child to miss out on the many positive attributes associated with healthy sports participation. Being pushed to participate can also prevent the child from learning to manage his life and naturally develop interests. These factors can damage the child's overall wellness and productivity while stunting creativity. So I think this is, again, it's it's super important, really worthwhile to take this stuff to heart. And my ending message for this is that, yes, sports can be great. They can have all these positive effects. But don't be bummed out if your particular child isn't super keen on sports or what you might consider to be productive sports. Let them fiddle around a little bit, try some things and just find something that they really fall in love with. And that way they can just be happy and enjoy themselves and 
and be really productive at whatever they enjoy. So again, I'm going to post in this in the show notes the, a link to this article so you guys can check it out. And again, if you want to check out the show notes, go to www.scalerlearning.com. You can check out my blog. You can check out my video courses. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to this podcast. And please also write me a review if you have not yet. Would love to get your feedback. It would be super, super helpful for me. Again, this summer episode's coming out every day, so check back regularly and look forward to see you guys next time. Take it easy. Skill